Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 82 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and joining me for episode 82 is the actress and producer turned candidate on the BBC's Apprentice, Amy Ansel. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's all good. Thank you so much for coming on. And I, I, this is going to truly show people how far in advance I'm recording at the moment. You're currently getting ready to go to the Olivier's. Yes, I am. So I'm full on with wet nails, drawing my nails, having a manicure <laughs> done, getting my hair and makeup done in about an hour. And the dress is hanging up, ready to go. So full on prep mode. So what are you most excited for at the Olivier's tonight? Have you got any picks for winners? You know what? I just love the sense of community when I go. It's just like a big love fest for theater, um, live theater. And, you know, after this pandemic, it's well, after, semi after, you know, it's just so nice to be able to celebrate in person yeah. the way we do the joys and the wonders of live theater. It's amazing. Yeah, any picks for any big wins tonight? Or any bets that I should go and put on? Well, I'm terrible at that. I don't want to lose you any money, so. I feel like Carrie Hope Fletcher might win something. She always does. She's so yeah. popular, so talented. And yeah, you know, I think so, it so could happen. So I feel happen. like she's a safe bet. Exactly, always. What, what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting? And what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be a professional role. We love a good nativity story. Yeah, well, mine is sort of that. I always loved to sing and dance and act. It just came so naturally. And when I was quite young, probably around nine, there was a lot of community theater where I grew up in Westchester, New York. And it seemed like every town had a lovely little community theater group. And I auditioned for The Sound of Music. Um, and I got the role of Brigitte. And it was in this little, like they called it the Mayapak Farm Playhouse in Mayapak, which is like very rural part of Westchester County in New York. And that was it. I was bitten by the bug. And I just did a lot of community theater afterwards as a child. And then I went to university and went on to perform professionally as an adult. And in the meantime, also, I also did um, hundreds of jingles and voiceovers for commercials as yeah. a kid. So lots of performing in various ways. I know you went to university and you ended up with a Bachelor of Arts degree in music. Did you do any drama sort of stuff or any acting while you were at university? You know, I had grown up, my mother was a piano teacher. My father was an art teacher. My grandparents were also very musical music teachers. So I want what the reason why I was a music uh, major in university was because I wanted to round out my knowledge of music with the history and the theory. But I always took acting classes as well. So I didn't study it per se, but I acted. I took classes and I also did the British American Drama Academy summer program during college, which was fantastic at Oxford. So some of my favorite things in the world and everybody knows this that listens to the podcast. We're going to play a whole game about them in a minute. Do you have a crazy or funny story during acting from your time at school? From my time at school? Um, gosh, that's such a good question. Well, did I act in school per se? Did I, I did a Even show from my the freshman... acting classes that you were taking or 
during oh. the summer programs because we've all been in those rooms some weird stuff happens in drama classes because actually now you're bringing back such crazy memories i did the bada program and fiona shaw the actress um was doing this class and i remember my friend from america was waiting for me on the bench watching this class that was taking place outdoors and like i think to get me in the character the mode she was trying to make me pretend I was throwing up, dry heaving and then full on throwing up. And my friend, I remember he was watching from afar. He's like, what the heck were you just doing? That did not look fun. But I remember, yeah, she was really maybe method. I don't even remember, but it was funny from yeah. his perspective. I was throwing up. So I, I want to very quickly talk about one of your most recent aspects. And I wasn't going to bring this up, actually, but my, my best friend asked me to um, just because yeah. it's not acting related. And that's The Apprentice. And I have a yeah. list of questions that my friend has asked me to ask because I don't watch The Apprentice. I don't like Alan Sugar. I think it's... Me neither. <laughs> we have that in common now, don't we? <laughs> um, so, because I, I, I used to watch it and then I just think it's it's so stupid now because they don't show anyone in a good light. I'm so... You're spot on. And I think I... Uh, when I went to do it, I thought it's a proper business competition. It's the BBC. They tick all the boxes and it's Lord Sugar and it's a proper 250,000 pound investment. What could go wrong? Yeah. And then there and then I thought, oh, it's 95 percent business, 5 percent entertainment. And then while I was there, I was like, actually, no, it's totally flipped. It's 95 percent entertainment and 5 percent business and not even really. It was just it was so not real and i'm so yeah. sad about that that was my experience i mean maybe others had different experiences but i was trying to showcase my business acumen and i feel that you're not really allowed to do that they'd rather have a car crash scenario happen instead <laughs> yeah because i always thought because I, I did used to watch it and i always uh, my always i always wondered why somebody hadn't gone on and with the idea of a theater company because they earn shit tons of money right so that was always going to be my plan if if i was to go on the apprentice but I was actually, I was talking to somebody about this not long ago. They make everyone look like idiots, but somebody's still got to win. So it's like, you're all rubbish at this and nobody has a clue what they're doing. But I'm going to give one of you a quarter of a million pounds. I know. And it's sad that you they force you to look like an idiot. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I really thought I'd make it at least to the final lineup and do the interviews. And I remember speaking to the exact producer when I was fired in week six. And he kind of, you know, alluded to, well, you know, you are a proper businesswoman with a four-year-old business. Would you really want to, would you really have wanted to be put in that position of being kind of made to look stupid in the interviews? Yeah. And he had a good point. So, you know, I guess deep down, maybe, of course I wanted to get to the end, but, you know, maybe it all happened for a reason. I always believe that. What do they say? There's an expression, um, man's rejection is God's protection. And I mean, also, you don't have to get, you've got lots of, um, exposure for your business and now don't have to give half of it away. And you know what? 50% of your business for 250000 is a terrible deal. You never hear of such a crap deal. Yeah. Um, normally, the way 20%, maybe 30 and for a lot more than 250 You'd yeah. be like at the pound mark, maybe. But that's just a terrible deal. So I think it's a great program and a great experience and a great opportunity for someone that like has an idea on paper or a very fledgling business. Yeah. So my friends, two questions that I have to ask, uh, and I don't know, because I'm kind of familiar with reality TV. I don't know how much interaction you would have had with uh, Lord Sugar. What is he like in real life? Well, we only see him in the boardroom. 
as you see on TV, that's the only time we see him. And, you know, he is this rough, gruff, hardcore, nasty kind of guy. I mean, that's the side I saw of him. I remember we were waiting for the final presentation to start for Catherine, and he was made to wait, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or so because there was a technical glitch. And like, he just went and tore the exec producer a new asshole. I mean, it was so sad. He just wow. shouted and said, what the fuck? Like, why are you making me wait? It's production. He's been doing it for 16 years. That's the ups and downs of it. You know, you're made to wait, unfortunately. And it was like, he just needed to make it known. I just, but sometimes I think, is he doing it for the sake of, here's my TV personality. Here's what I'm known to be. Or a is jerk. he just an asshole? Or is he? So I couldn't tell if he was putting it on for TV or if, if because at that time, the cameras weren't even rolling. So I thought, is he trying to make it clear to everybody else that this is how he is as a person? Mm. And then the other question that they asked me to ask was, you've got to bin one of the following. So Karen Brady, Claude Littner, or Alan Sugar. Who's going in the bin? Okay, so by the way, Claude Littner wasn't in my season. Right, okay. This is, they fucked me over. They just said the judges and I knew it was, so who was, I'll ask the question again. So it was- Tim Campbell. Replace Tim. Claude Littner with Tim Campbell. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> I'm the acting person. I don't do reality TV. Um, so who are you going to put in the bin? I love that you call it reality TV, by the way, because, you know, it's supposedly factual entertainment. No. Like, there's a big difference. But it, it is, I love that you're saying reality, because it, it is reality. It's reality TV. So who are you putting in the bin? Karen Brady, Lord Sugar, or Tim Campbell? Putting in the bin. Can I say all of them? I mean, you can if you want. I kind of love Karen yeah. Brady, though. Well, listen, I loved Karen Brady, too, initially. I thought she was this very powerful businesswoman. So, yeah, so I thought Karen was great in the beginning. I was like, oh, my God, she's dropping her pearls of wisdom. Oftentimes at the boardroom, I would be sitting across from her, just super impressed. But then she has to support Lord Sugar. So if he starts to say things that are seemingly untrue because he simply wants to get rid of you for some bullshit reason, she then supports him with bullshit. And I think, well, there's the integrity gone because I really yeah. believed in you. And now you're jumping on his bandwagon, which is basically bullshit. Mm. So I lost respect for her in that way. So while I was doing sort of my research, I did very quickly skim over some of the Apprentice stuff. And I, I, like I said, I didn't watch it this year. Uh, but it seems like you didn't have the best time. Like enjoying myself? Like just the experience overall and from how I've chatted to you, it wasn't the best. But I have a saying because obviously this podcast is called Drama School Dropout. Um, I didn't have the greatest time at drama school the first time around. Second time has been great. But I always say, especially because I'm a director at the moment and we are stressing out about a show that is on 11 days from time of recording and we just lost our leading lady to covid so we're having to put someone else in all that jazz and i keep constantly saying roses grow from shit well i never heard that before but i love it can i use that in the future i think you can i think i made it up i'm not entirely sure i could be lying but i've said it for years roses grow from shit so i've lost my train of thought sorry um so yeah i say that so dropping my time out of on the apprentice yeah listen well, I say something. Well, I say I, I had to make lemonade out of lemons. So yeah. I feel like I was. And you know what? I walk down the street and people do approach me and they say such lovely things. And they always say you were robbed. You were given the short end of the stick. You weren't given a fair chance. So at least people see the reality of my time on the yeah. show, which was seemingly, you know, I was trying. I thought when I was there and I was experiencing and I thought, 
oh my God, I'm smashing it. Yeah. I'm sub team leader, four out of six tasks. He's seeing my leadership skills. I'm following the instructions. He said, BPM, when the task is synergistic with your skill set, I had a feeling there'd be a TV shopping task. There was. I knew there'd be something child oriented. Like I just thought, I'm, I'm doing it all right. I might get to the end like I want to. Amazing. And then come week six, I hadn't put myself up as PM yet. Never saw someone fired for that reason. But then Me he says, neither. you're fired. You haven't been PM by week six. Funny enough, I went to the Beauty Awards a few weeks later and I co-presented an award with Tom Pellerou, his winner from season seven. And I said, Tom, remind me, you put yourself up week eight as PM for the first time? He's like, yeah. And I had watched the past 10 years and someone's always put themselves up. Even last season, one person put themselves up as PM week seven and two week eight for the first time. It's so normal. It's like, yeah. You think you think I'm actually thinking in my mind, I don't have to be PM? No, but you want to show your strengths are out and then be PM when, when it's the right task for you. And if he really has a problem with you not being PM, then force me to be PM. Like, <laughs> to me, I never thought that that would be a legitimate reason to get me out. Yeah. So I always say that dropping out of drama school the first time was the best thing I ever done. I learned a lot about myself during that time. What has been the biggest lesson that you've learned through your time on The Apprentice and the time following it? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, my biggest lesson during the show. Well, I guess I sort of saw how I was with a, a bunch of very young people and I could appreciate that as an older, more mature candidate, I was more level headed and rational. And I think I appreciated that. Not that that did me good during the show, because obviously they wanted you to like you know, be just jump into the deep end, like, like be crazy and, you know, be, I don't know what the word is kind of reckless. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate, it. I saw that in myself. Did I learn anything from my process though about me and did it like, did it improve something about yeah. me? Well, I learned while I was at uni that I was very apologetic for things that I didn't need to be apologetic about. So I grew a bit of a backbone and things like that. And I, I became a better actor and I became a better person because I stopped standing for people's shit. <laughs> um, well, I learned how to turn a bad situation into a really good one because most people know and remember me from the show and there's others they don't. And I think, well, that's because I came out of the show and I made the most of my time on it in a way, post-show yeah. as well. But, you know, unfortunately, because the process wasn't what I thought it was going to be during my time on it, you know, did I learn anything about myself while I was there? Did I improve any of my skills? Um, I, you know what? I, I recognize that I'm very good under pressure cooker scenarios and a lot of people aren't. And maybe that stemmed from my experience in live theater. You can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official Drama School Dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. I, I want to steer it back towards acting now. And um, so you were a producer on the West End's Dreamgirls. Um, so you have met one of my favorite actresses. I'm very jealous. Love you, Amber Riley. Please come on the podcast. What I wanted to ask, me and my friend wrote a play over lockdown. We talk about it all the time on the podcast and we're producing it now and I'm directing it. And so she, um, as a producer, what is a piece of advice that you would give me as I sort of enter into this world of 
like this is my first time going behind the curtain. Never be afraid to ask for help from like seasoned producers. People want to help. And it's very intimidating, you know, picking up the phone and calling, you know, a big producer, trying to email them. You never know who's going to respond. So I just think if you have questions, if you're learning, you know, if it's your first time, don't be afraid to ask for help because people are there to help and they want to help. And it's a it's funny when I went into it years and years ago. Um, I was fearless. I would email, call. And then as you get older, I think you get a little bit more um, risk averse. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth just, you know, throwing caution to the wind in this respect. And if you need help, ask for it. And sticking on the, adv- uh, the on the page of advice, we're coming up to graduation season. I'm about to graduate and on average, seven and a half thousand people in the UK graduate from drama school. So all of the people out here that are going to be actors next year and aren't going to be producers, what advice would you give all the graduates that are going to enter the industry? Oh, big old piece of advice. Don't wait for your agent to get you the work. It's a collaboration. It's a partnership. You need to work just as hard as your agent, making those connections, taking those classes outside of school and don't stop training. Like in New York, where I grew up, Broadway performers were always taking dance classes, voice lessons, coaching, but it never, it should never stop. Got to continue honing your craft. Just because you're graduating does not mean that you need to stop Uh, training and you know I know money could be tied at times there's always stuff online that can help you you know do not stop training do not stop learning and always be aware of what's going on in the industry you never know who you're going to meet you're like it just don't wait for other people to get you where you want to go yeah yeah no I agree I agree I will be signing up for more classes after this I noticed that big difference when I moved here it was like actors just sit and wait in New York, they don't just sit and wait. They are always at it. Hustle, yeah. hustle, hustle all the time. I, I want to talk about some of your roles now because you've had such a great career. And um, I, one of the ones that I first picked up on was Marty in the European tour of Greece. And you're, you're my second Marty I've ever had on the podcast because I had the original on to celebrate my um, my one year anniversary. We had Dinah Manoff on that was absolutely amazing. What was playing Marty like on a European tour on a grand scale of coming over? Oh, it was amazing. She is so fun, so sexy. She she wants to be sophisticated. Obviously, she's only a high schooler, but it was just such a fun role. I loved it. I mean, I'm a little glamour puss myself, but yeah, just a little bit of Marilyn Monroe and just the the aspiration to be this like fabulous, sophisticated lady was just so fun you know because I have to you had to think okay I'm 17 I'm a high schooler but I want to be all grown up and sophisticated and be like Marilyn Monroe so it was fun I really enjoyed it and obviously classic music fun choreography and then getting to travel through Europe doing what you love it was just incredible such a great experience and I made friends for life you know you become a family in a show right you know that 100% sometimes you want to kill them but family yeah some you can leave behind but others you take with you for life (laughs) yeah i do just want to remind everyone as well um at this point we do have a massive back catalog of episodes so please go and check them out and especially listen to the one with dinah manoff she is episode 56 so please go back and check that out because some wild stories especially (laughs) the one about the premiere of act of the film greece loved it um and then obviously you got to do Cinderella with Jimmy Osmond. You were in Kick-Ass. Um, you're in the US tour of Annie. What has been the most 
surreal point of your career where you've been like, what the fuck is happening right now? How am I here? Oh, gosh. You know, you work so hard. You train so hard and then you're there. I guess doing Kick-Ass 2 was pretty incredible. You know, I'm an American living in Britain and they're shooting this American incredible film over here. And yeah, I got to play opposite Kick-Ass. It was that was surreal, I guess, because... Oh, oh my, my series talking to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, they're commenting. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, just having that opportunity because um, what do they say? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So I just felt like that was an incredible moment doing a major motion picture opposite kick ass. Yeah, major motion picture was amazing for me. And, you know, also I had such a, an extensive theater background to be given that opportunity was also incredible because a lot of times you are pigeonholed, right? Like, yeah. oh, you just do theater. You just do musical theater. You're As Haddon Waddingham said at the Emmys, West End performers need to be on telly more. It's true. I don't like the pigeonholing, but it happens not only in London, UK, but it happens in New York too. So it was nice to be given that opportunity. I think though it has to do something with the agents because I've spoke to a lot of people about this and they're, they're like, yeah, my, my agent doesn't put me up for TV jobs and I can't get them to put me up for it because I'm a, in air quotes, stage actor. Yeah, and I think the agents get lazy. They don't want to fight for you. If you have a good agent that's fighting for you and says, actually, you know, they're not over the top stagey actor. They, they're they quite subtle because obviously on TV and in film, they say, you know, just be, don't act, just be. Yeah. So, you you know, a lot of actors are very capable of doing both. You know, you can turn up the volume or turn down the volume when it comes to your acting. So... I don't know. I think it's sad that agents are like that, but you can find the one that's not and, you know, make your way in TV and film as well as a stage actor. So what I want to ask you now is, is a fun question, but I'm adding a spin on it and you can choose not to answer the spin. So if you were booked to do a one month run in the West End in a two person show and the casting director said, listen, we've got as much money as we possibly could need. Who do you want to be a co-star? And you can pick anyone you want and then we'll add the spin on in a moment. Could it be male or female? Male, female, anyone you want. They have to be alive. So my answer every week is Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate, please come on the podcast. Please do a show in the West End with me. I adore you. I worship you like God. Please. Oh my gosh. That is such hard. You have the best questions. (laughs) I wish I had them in advance. I could have thought ahead of time. Um... Gosh, who's an amazing actor that I love to. And this is in a West End show. West, Well, I say West End or Broadway, but preferably West End so I can come and see it. I think Hugh Grant is amazing. I think his career is so varied, like the roles he played as like yeah. this young bumbling kind of fool to what he what he does now. He's so versatile. So I think I'd love to play opposite him. And then feel free to decline to answer the next part. Who is one person that you've already worked with that you never want to see in a rehearsal room in a show with you ever again? Mm, As an actor? Yeah, like who do you never want to work with ever again? Many people. I don't think (laughs) I want to name Alan Sugar. Well, yeah, definitely Alan Sugar. No need to be in a room with him again. You know, I just think ultimately acting is about being generous and giving, and there's a lot of selfish actors. So to be on stage with people that are selfish is very challenging and makes for crap theater. So there's been a lot of those in my past and I would like to just leave them behind, but I won't name names except Alan Sugar. I could leave behind <laughs> happily. Um, we're going to play a game now and it's called stage right or stage shite. 
and it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and they've been submitted by our listeners. And one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it so we can play along together. And these are my favorite things in the world. So it's our <laughs> job to find out which one is stage shite, the lie. Number one, I was supposed to snort, in air quotes, cocaine in a play. And the easiest thing to do was to snort sugar. However, on opening night, the tech guy couldn't find the sugar. So he crushed up a piece of chalk and didn't tell me. I can still taste it. Number two, two boys in my drama class got into a fist fight during a rehearsal and fell backwards onto the set and destroyed the set entirely during their fight. Our lecturers tried but could, couldn't fix it or get a new one in time. So we performed our first drama school show with no set. Number three, I want, this is horrific. I'd hate to be this person. I once found out that I got sacked from a stage play because the published version of the play was released and I was sent a copy. However, I had been photoshopped off of the cover and there was another woman's name on the original cast page of the book. The first one is shite. I w hope so, because you can't really give people I stuff to put in there. I can't believe that someone would have done that. It sounds like, you know, health and safety gone wrong. I'm going to go different. I'm going to go for number three, just because I feel like you'd probably get told before that you were going to get sacked before a book came out. Okay. I'm still going to keep my, my number one. Yeah, No, you don't have to come with me. I, I get these wrong all the time. Um, I, I've had to snort sugar before and it's not fun. So maybe chalk might have been better. And it was number two. I don't believe it. So Heather, we need to get someone on the phone about this chalk that's been snorted. That's really awful. <laughs> wow. But I can't believe that, you know, neither one of us were right. Wow. Yeah, neither, wow that wow. happens oh. a lot when we differ opinions. Normally when we go for the same one, it works perfectly. But when I differ off and go on a different venture, it normally goes down the middle. Um, have you got, I know you're going to the Olivia Awards tonight. Have you got anything coming up that's exciting that you're allowed to talk about? The future is quite bright. Um, you know, I'm scaling up. And that means lots my of NDAs. Um, you know, I made the most of my time on the show and really after the show, just, okay, I've got to make lemonade and lemons. And I did that. So I do feel like there's just so much that's come my way. And most importantly, look, I want to scale up and expand my business. That's why I went on The Apprentice for real, not for, you know, 10 minutes yeah. of fame. I have had many companies approach me about collaborating. I had one major investor come to me. So I actually have a meeting with him this coming week and it will be proper investment, not 250 for 50%. <laughs> yeah. This is like we're talking seven figures. So yeah. On so that actually, thought, would you do Dragon's Den? I would. Let's see what happens with this meeting. Um, and if this meeting does not materialize into investment, I would do Dragon's Den. I think it's more legit. There's going to be elements of drama and theater in a way, but I do think it's, I could showcase my, business acumen a lot better talk about you know the past and what i have you know in my head for the future what the business should become what the company will be like in three years time mm. so um i love yeah dragon's i'm really den. excited for the future i would do dragon's den yeah i think i do love watching it and i think it's more legit definitely I love more Deborah legit. who would i go for i think i'd go for either peter jones or stephen bartlett yeah stephen's new i haven't seen much of him but he's I don't know. Every time I think of him, I just think about the whole Molly May 24 hours in a day thing. So 
I, I don't know if that really puts me off slightly. Um, where can everyone find you on social media to keep up to date with what you're doing? Please do. I always interact with my following. And um, because of The Apprentice, actually, I've, I've um, created this community. So many people just came to me to support me, to, you know, just be a part of my world. And I've really enjoyed getting to know so many new people. So I'm Amy Anzel. I'm the only one. A-N-Z-E-L. Um, on Is it Twitter, not underscore on, on Instagram? There is Amy underscore Anzel, but no matter, I think if you put in Amy Anzel, yeah, there's like Anzel fan, Amy Anzel. Um, so yeah, so Amy underscore Anzel for Instagram. Twitter is, I think it's Amy Anzel. Yes. So please find me, follow me and let's chat. Do it. And make sure to follow me as well. As per usual, it's Ingram Noble, all one word. Um, thank you so much for coming on. We've come to the end now. It's been such a lovely time chatting with you and have the best time at the Olivier's tonight. And if you, you still so need a plus much. one, I'm available. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I am looking forward to it. Thank you so much. I will let you get back to normal life and I'll let you get back to all the hectic of getting ready for the Olivier's. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Nice thank to chat. You. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 82 completed. Thank you so much to Amy for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know, so it's free. So why bloody not? And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And remember, you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below. I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode, and I'll be joined by an actor who is no stranger to the concept of the Big Bang Theory. So make sure to come back next Tuesday. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, thought your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout.